That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Hello and welcome to Content Incapable, where I try to figure out what it really means to adult. Today I spoke to Ethan from True Stories of a Try Hard, all about moving out, looking after yourself, and podcasts. I really hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed recording it. Welcome to Content Incapable, Ethan. Thanks for having me, Sam. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. Um, we were just chatting before that um, our schedules seem to directly compete with each other in how much we can block each other out, which was very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's been difficult to find a, a good time to work for both of us, but we're here now. Yeah, so we are definitely. Um, so we start the podcast with um, a quick question about um, when do you feel like you became an adult? I don't really feel like I officially became an adult until I moved out on my own, um, which for me was last August. Um, I moved out of my grandparents' house in August of 2020, and it was quite a uh, paradigm shift for me. Yeah. Because up until that point, I had lived with my family in some capacity for my whole life. And now I'm living in Mm -hmm. an apartment with a roommate um, and he's chill and all, but it's it's just different living yeah. with um, somebody you didn't you know, know your entire life. Yeah, and I suppose that that's like a is a bit of a culture shock as well. Um, I by complete accident I moved out at the same time you did actually um, in August of last year um, out from my parents' place to my grandparents' place. But then when I moved again at the start of the year to move out of my grandparents' place into my own place, that that going from that shel- almost like a sheltered family aspect yep. to just being on your own, it's like this huge shock. Definitely. So when you moved out of home, what was one of the hardest challenges of moving out of home for somebody like me who is more introverted i do like having my alone time it's just i had a lot more of it when i moved out um than i did previously and i thought that would be like a great thing but turns out when i'm alone with my thoughts sometimes bad things can happen and that mm-hmm. definitely happened coupled with the like pandemic stress and a bunch of other different factors are all happening uh, consecutively. So it was kind of a rough go at first, but my roommate was very supportive. I had my girlfriend. There was a there's a lot of support systems that I had in place to help me very grateful for them. And I think, yeah, that's something that people forget. Sometimes um, I'm going through the process of moving again, um, and it's the fact that like you have these supports is in place, and so you can rely on them even if you have moved out of home. Right. I know, especially for myself, my mother um, is a like the rock, which basically I base a lot of my uh, and is like a good sounding board for me. Sure. And when I'm not mentally feeling okay, I go to her, mm-hmm. and it's. It's a hard thing sometimes because I feel guilty because I don't live at home anymore. Do you feel that from time to time? I do, actually. Um, There are a few times where I do feel somewhat guilty because I know that when I did live with my grandparents and with my uh, mom and stepdad as well, that they were very grateful that I was there because I was able to uh, help out quite a bit. And 
I, I also genuinely enjoy their company, which not everybody can say about their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something else that um, that I definitely feel. And I will say this. Th- there's been a couple different like uh, culture shock moments, as it were, for mm-hmm. me gradually becoming an adult. The first one um, happened when I was 18. Um Basically, my mom had gotten a new job in a different state. They moved about 10 hours from where I grew up, and she gave me a choice. At the time, I was about to graduate high school, and she said, Ethan, you can stay and live with your grandparents, or you can move with us and finish out uh, high school in Texas. And I thought, well, it's not really worth it to just throw all my friends away for, you know, half a year of school so i stayed mm-hmm. uh, i stayed with my grandparents for uh two years um, i finished up my year of community college and my um uh, and my high school with them and they were very grateful to have me around because though my grandparents are very social people they always prefer the company of family over the company of friends Mm-hmm. No, my grandparents are the exact same. Um, I moved in with them. They lived, so I'm really lucky. Uh, they lived a little bit closer into the city. Um, so I moved in with them for six months as a kind of like a transition to moving out of home properly mm-hmm. because I didn't feel 100% ready uh, and mentally prepared enough to completely move out of home right. at the time. Um, and it wasn't feasible for me to stay at home with my parents when they were trying to raise small children, um, right. you know. So I moved out of home and my grandparents and actually my whole mother's side of the family have uh, are really bad at like interacting with people they don't know. Um, And so we would go to parties and things um, because my grandparents seem to go to more parties than my family ever does Mm -hmm. Um, and would just socialize with each other instead of like others. And like, because we just preferred each other's company. Yeah. And it was very interesting watching that and then watching it happen in myself as well. Yep. And knowing that it isn't the best thing, especially for someone my age. And mm-hmm. so having to actively like fight it sometimes. Yeah. I'm also not really one for um, small talk. I'm not very good at it. Yep. Um, so making friends for me has always been a challenge. Um, and then here I am moving in with... Um, Somebody that I had known for a lot of my life, but I was never really good friends with him. Um, My roommate's name is Joe, so if I refer to Joe, that's who I'm talking about. Um, Joe and I had known each other for probably eight or nine years before we moved in as roommates. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were never really good friends. Like, we were just aware of each other's existence, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. but now I can say that Joe is probably one of the best friends that I have. Wow. I'm having a very similar discussion with my parents at the moment. We've got to find a third roommate for the house that I'm into. Um, so my brother and I will be moving in together. And then like we've got to find a third roommate, at least for six months. Mm-hmm. And mum and dad have turned around and said, don't, don't like bring in friends because it ruins that relationship. Yep. And- so, like, they had, like, a whole list of examples of, like, ruined relationships. But, like, it's very interesting. You've got the opposite experience. You had someone that you were aware of and you've become really good friends. Yep. So, you know, was that because of that shared experience of moving out of home? Or- um, so, Joe had already gone to the university where we both attend for a couple of years before me. Um, mm-hmm. And he had lived in university housing. 
Um, and he was looking to get some place that he could call more so his own than a dormitory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do that with some of my other friends who actually ended up moving in together. They're going to be um, moving into their apartment come August. But Joe reached out to me um, last year uh, saying that he was interested. And my girlfriend had told him that I was interested in doing that. But the people I originally approached had said no. Mm-hmm. So uh, we originally had a third roommate. He had a mental health emergency and had to go home about halfway through uh, last school year, which... I get, I understand. And we were actually able to find a third roommate as well relatively recently, and he'll be moving in pretty soon. Um, but all that to say, we were able to move in together, and Joe and I are almost the same person. Like, we're different wow. We're different enough to where it's interesting for us to interact, but we share a lot of the same... We like a lot of the same things. A lot of the same things, like, calm us down, and we, um, we're just kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. That that's awesome. Like I, I can't think of a better pairing as someone who's similar but different enough to to like have a great conversation. And so, um, in terms of like mental health coming at moving out of home, did you like managing that on your own without other people there twenty four seven to call you out when some things are going wrong? Did was that trickier or did that feel easier or that was a lot more tricky for me mm-hmm. because while I have been going to therapy since I was 10 years old I still have a hard time at times being aware of how I'm feeling at any given time yeah so there is a point where it gets too overwhelming and I have to do something mm-hmm. but it's noticing it along the way that I'm not quite as good at and that's what really started happening um, after I moved out and then I actually got COVID about two months after I moved out. Oh, wow. Um, so that was an experience. Um, yeah. Like how would, like, what, how did that feel? Cause I'm really lucky. I live I, here in Australia. We don't have a huge amount of COVID cases. I think I got so. lucky, uh, with, mm-hmm. with my, um, particular case because I never had to go to the hospital. I was never on a ventilator i didn't have to do any of that even though i have asthma which is Mm -hmm. something that i thought would be um a little bit more difficult for me to get over covid which it was Mm -hmm. um just not as severe as i originally thought it would be um so in my particular case the first couple of days were the hardest uh, the first day that I had symptoms, I just slept all day. I had a really bad headache. I was tired. Like I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but the next day I was able to get myself down to the university health center, get myself tested. I quarantined myself. I ended up quarantined for three weeks instead of two, which is what they originally, how long they originally thought it was going to be because mm-hmm. the cough that I had just would not go away. Yeah. Because I had a headache, I was tired, I was coughing, um, and I just felt miserable. Like, growing up with asthma, I don't know if you have asthma, Sam. Yeah, I do. It's a it's a weird one. It's an asthmatic reaction to colds. So, if I get okay. a cold, it lasts six months. Okay. So, did you ever have to do a nebulizer when you were younger? Do you know what that is? 
No. So it's a... Uh, a, I don't know what it is. B, I don't think I've done okay. it yet. Okay. So it's a machine that mm-hmm. vaporizes medicine and you breathe it in. Basically like a puffer, but not... Kind of. Yeah. Um, It's like a longer version uh, of okay. that. Like, it's a machine you plug into the wall and it goes for like 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. I did one of those every night. Wow. That's how bad it was. That's terrible. Sometimes multiple times a day. Yeah, and that's that I, I cannot even begin to comprehend it. I had I got diagnosed with asthma when I was about ten and I thought I'd gotten over it. So by the age of thirteen I was like all fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. I was quite an unfit kid at the time, so I, I always struggled with running yeah. um, i actually play picked up playing the trombone um and played the trombone all the way up and th- up until grade 11 mm-hmm. where i got this cold in the summer and it went through all the way through to about june july and i couldn't get rid of it I always had this cough the runny nose didn't feel well at all and then um, I got over it and that was like, all fine. They gave me antibiotics. The The doctor wasn't particularly great. Right. Um, and then in year 12, um, I had a mental health breakdown in the first half of the year. And then I started getting sick, um, which I think has got something to do with the mental health. Um, and at the time, like this was 2019, mm-hmm. at the time I changed doctors. So I spoke to him and he said, it's most likely an asthma thing. You had asthma as a child. And so this is an asthmatic reaction to a cold. And that's why it lasts six months instead of three weeks. So we, you know, I got put back on all the asthma medications. I had to take steroids for a couple of months um, and, and then was taking codeine as well because I was going through some really important standardized testing that I needed to do. Um, and at the same time, everyone in my year level got sick. And so they all blamed it on me being sick. <laughs> and then somehow me being sick made it into the valedictorian speech at the oh, end of the year. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh. my cough... We did. We do all our standardized testing in a hall, like a sports hall yeah. that's roofed and closed in the sure. middle of August. So oh, it's like wow. really blowy and windy and cold. Right. Um, and I'm sitting there at the back of the hall because my last name starts with O, so I'm close to the end of the alphabet, coughing away. Mm-hmm. And the teachers are like, we can't handle this. The students hated me by the end of it. And I was just like... Ugh. There's nothing I can do. Like, I've got to be here because other people have got pneumonia, which is a lot worse than what I've got. Oh, yikes. Um, so, um, but that was my experience with asthma. So, ever since then, I've been super careful not to get sick. And COVID has terrified me because I know that if I get that, I'm going to have an adverse reaction to it. Um, and so, your story about getting COVID is kind of, like, kind of relaxes me a little bit. We've... We've just had some community transmission here in my city um, and we had to lock down for four days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Sydney in Australia is going into its third week of lockdown and they're yeah. not going to be out for another month. Right. Um, and so we, I'm constantly terrified by it, but that story, yeah, is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, I also did lose my sense of taste and smell for a while and it took me a long time, even after I had fully recovered from COVID to get it back. Mm-hmm. I have it back wow. now. I've had it back since probably mid-October, early November. 
Um, Just in time for Christmas. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it did take me a while to get that back, but now it's it's a lot better. I but sadly, it's, yeah, here in the U.S., it's problem, just not where I am as mm-hmm. much. Um, and everybody who's been vaccinated can go around without masks on, which I which I am doing. I've been vaccinated since April. Um, but at the same time, like the the variants do scare me a bit. And, and like I, I've had to keep a close eye on it because I'm a journalist and it and it's it's very scary the variants. Um and we've had multiple variants rip through here a couple of times. Um but at the same time I think we're doing a good job. I, like if we look in the real big picture, I think everyone is relatively doing a good job. Um, obviously, you know, there's always going to ruin it. Um, they're always going to just don't listen. Yeah. Australia and New Zealand, y'all are doing great. You're doing just Mm. fantastic comparatively. Uh, except for the vaccine. The vaccine's a completely different issue. Um, Australia and New Zealand and even Canada was, um, Oh yeah. Canada has their own issues. I was talking to one of our mutual friends about that. I looked at as well. And it's it's amazing to see that yes we got on top of the virus really well but you guys got on the top of the vaccine really well yep um which is just a very interesting dichotomy it it is very interesting to look at especially from a political perspective because unfortunately that has become a political issue both yeah. vaccines and masks here in the U S I don't know how it is over there um but that well, was vaccines especially okay yeah well. I'm glad idiots exist globally, I guess. Look, if we have to deal with idiots, I'm glad everyone else has to deal with idiots as well. <laughs> I guess so. It means that we've all got a shared experience. Um, yes, one more yeah, step like, towards world peace, uniting against the idiots. Yeah. But yeah, and so were, when you were living with your grandparents, um, especially after you finished um, school and you went on to college, mm-hmm. was were you looking after like your own food at the time or were you your grandparents Um, doing that for you they were doing a lot of the food stuff uh for me um though they lived pretty they lived about 20 to 25 minutes away from where i was going to college so i wouldn't necessarily have time to go home for lunch before i went to work so i would eat out almost every day or i bring my lunch with me um Mm -hmm. On the weekends, I was a bit more lucky because I usually worked closing shifts and I was able to eat lunch with Flint. Um, yeah. And that experience going going to college, I was a bit more... I was doing a bit more of my own thing. Like, it, it was... Mm-hmm. Essentially, my grandparents were my landlord, if you yeah. want to think of it like that. And my rent was doing chores around their house. And they... Mm-hmm. They have a pretty big house and they have a lot of uh they live on 20 acres of land as well. So, wow. well, I I had to mow 5 of them because that's <laughs> like yeah. Um that's terrible. It, Did you have a rider mower or were you push it, it, it was a riding mower. Um <laughs> very very big riding zero turn riding lawn mower with the um as like a set of big tires instead of little tires in the back. I don't know if I don't know what you call mm-hmm. them there in Australia. Um, we call them zero turn lawnmowers here. We control them with sticks instead of a wheel. Oh, I have seen them. Um, we do them there. I do have them. We've got like a the the ride on lawnmower at my parents' place because my parents live on three quarters of an acre. Um, is uh, it's like a it's got two parts to it. It's like a front and a back, and it sits on a hinge. So you like turn the front, and it turns 
It's almost like a bendy bus. Oh, okay, um, sure. Yeah. So um, probably once a week, I would get on the mower and I would mow. It took me probably a solid two or three hours to mm. mow those five acres of land. Um, four if I was weed eating. Yeah. Um, but the great thing about that is it gave me a lot of time to listen to audiobooks and podcasts, which I did <laughs> pretty frequently already because I was driving a long distance to get pretty much anywhere. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I do miss about living out there is I don't have as much time the podcast that I enjoyed uh, as much. Yeah. So I've had to kind of prioritize which ones I want to listen to. And now that's kind of been substituted the mower has been substituted with me walking to class or working to, or mm. like once a week I go on a walk for like an hour yeah. and a half. Um, mm. So that's when I make time for my podcast. I still like listen to them when I'm at home. It's just, mm. I'm more likely to listen to them when I'm doing something else, like cooking, walking, yeah. something like that. So that way my body is doing something while my mind is listening to the podcast. It's the same here. When I first started listening to podcasts, I think it was end of grade 11, early grade 12. So my final year of school. Um, and at the time, I actually didn't have my license. So I listened to the podcast on the bus on the way to and from school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in May of my final year of school, I got my full license. So I didn't have to drive with anyone. Um, and so I drive me and my four other siblings to school because all five of us went to the same school at the mm-hmm. time. Um and we started, uh, we had lots of arguments about music. So I'd given up on like trying to fit the tastes of my brother's music. Right, right. Um, and my brother would agree with me the fact that no, none of us like each other's music. That's a um, shame. So I put on, it is a shame. There is some music that I'll listen that is his and some music that of mine that he'll listen from time to time, but it's never, it never sits the same. Um, and so I gave up and I started listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the time, I was listening to Tolkien about as much as possible. Sure. Um, and it was about a 30-minute drive. Mm-hmm. So, we got really invested in that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, and so, I continue to do that. So, when I drive around, uh, when I have a car, because uh, I don't necessarily always have a car because I don't own it, mm-hmm. um, I, I listen to podcasts or if I'm catching the bus or something. But then I don't do that as much. You know, oftentimes, I might be... Um, water might be like at home on zoom and so that means that like i just don't listen to podcasts as much right i've had to like really make a decision on what do i value the most and what am i prioritizing the most in the podcasts i listen to yeah i'm actually looking to see which podcasts like how many podcasts i listen there's one three four five six there's my show seven eight nine ten Okay, so 10. That's that's a pretty good amount of podcasts, and I listen to probably four or five of them consistently. Um, Tolkien about is actually the one I'm most behind on. Uh, I, haven't listened, Same here. I haven't listened since probably October or November of last year, just because I didn't have as much time. Like, the walk to and from my classes takes me about 20 minutes round trip, so mm. that's not even halfway through an episode of talking about most of the time though i did though uh uh, i did run a twitter account for a while that was out of context that's what i'm talking about i haven't really done anything with it for a while you run that one i love that one yep Um, yep i haven't done anything with it in a long time uh but yeah 
Spoiler alert. One of my favourites. Yeah. One of my favourites is Out of Context, Bacon and Eggs, because Tyler and Ethan just say some of the wackiest shit ever. They they do. Um, we're all, like, in a group chat on Twitter. Me and mm-hmm. the other Out of Context WB and E admin. Yeah. Like... I'm not going to spoil yeah. all of who they are because I think it's best to remain a mystery. Oh, the anonymity is awesome. Um, I'm just revealing my identity because I chose to. And when I listen to Tolkien <laughs> about again, I'll start doing that again. And maybe I'll start doing that tonight. I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. There are times when I miss it because Mary Clay sometimes would retweet things that I would put out. Because mm-hmm. out of context, things do seem funnier yeah i've almost like the way i run the way i run the twitter for um contented capable is almost like an out of context contented capable as i have a couple of bit more structure so let's see what are some of my really good tweets oh wow i haven't listened to it since september 1st that's a long time okay that's like all the movies. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she hadn't even finished Return of the King yet. I really need to... Okay. Uh, Look, I haven't done The Hobbit. I did it all the way up until the end of the movies, and then I and then um, I couldn't yep. get any further. Uh, let's see. Yep, there's a lot of... There's a lot of good stuff. <laughs> My favorite is this one. Ugh, men, the patriarchy. But wait, it gets worse. <laughs> That's awesome. I think one of my favourite quotes from Mary Clay has to be, I've made it onto Frog, frog Talk, um, which threw me for a complete left turn um, for a hot minute until I realised that, um, that, that it, like, you think about it in the context, you go, oh, okay, that makes sense, but I've made it to Frog Talk is just weird. Um, we're talking about the amount of podcasts we're subscribed to. I think I counted 22. Good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I have 22 I'm subscribed to. There is one, two, three, four, five, six that don't get updated regularly anymore. Yeah. Um, and there's a seventh one that's just doing like re-releases of old podcasts. Oh, well, that's kind of um, lame. It's a BBC one, so they've got oh, like their okay. radio edits. Yeah. Oh, so their radio okay, edits okay. Go out. That makes sense. I thought you were talking about like just some independently run show just no, re-uploading old yeah. episodes because they can. No, yeah. Um, but like, I have, I try to like keep on top of, of the oldest gods and the restricted section and then some WBNE stuff as well. But it's sometimes like I sit it's down. It's just too go, much. It's just too much. Yeah. And it's like YouTube sometimes. You sit down and you go, I have to choose something, but there's so many things to choose from mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I definitely know what my priorities are as far as who I watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched... I've been watching Good Mythical Morning since I was 13. I'm 21. Wow. Um, yeah, that was way back, like, pretty close when they started it. I think I watched around season two or three. That's when I started watching. The, Rhett and Link are awesome. Um, I really love some of their content. I've never sit down and watched a full Good Mythical Morning. They're only about 15 minutes long. Yeah. The clips from that are, are really um, awesome. Um uh, and I feel like sometimes, like the way the way that like people approach listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos is like a reflection on their commitments. You know, yeah. you said you know you're subscribed to how was it? How many was it? Like thirteen? Uh, yes, uh, somewhere, somewhere between eleven and thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, you know, you like really, you know, I kept that list quite tight. Whereas I just like there's more, there's more, there's more, uh, uh, and so like I get to twenty two and I get overwhelmed really. 
well, not really easily. And like, I don't necessarily say I get overwhelmed, but like, I've got like a very big backlog. So if I had like a road trip, yeah, I definitely would catch up on a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Like Um, I'm driving down to actually see my mom in about a month uh, from today mm -hmm. as of recording. I don't know when this episode is going to come out. Um, So that's a 10 hour drive. So I might be able to make it through a decent chunk of talking about depending yeah uh, i'm not sure <laughs> but it's been over six months since i listened to it um it's been 10 months since i've listened to it. oh boy that's why that's, that's like 40 episodes good wow holy moly and it's probably like it's getting to a similar amount for me um and then like there's some comedians that i follow there's one podcast do you like watch podcasts on youtube not really. I'm more of an audio consumer of podcasts. Mm. I use Spotify for music and podcasts. Uh, I, I can't do Spotify for podcasts. I use Apple Podcasts for mine. Oh, but, but Apple Podcasts podcast. is just garbage. It's just a terrible interface. How is it garbage? I think it's much better than Spotify, I have no, to say. No, no, Sam, no. <laughs> I can't, like, get... An, the one thing that I was a was a deal breaker, because I tried Spotify for a couple of months, mm-hmm. the deal breaker for me on Spotify was the fact that it wouldn't automatically delete the episode after I'd finished listening to it. That has um, since been updated. They do has do it? that oh. Well, maybe I'm going to try Spotify again. Give it a second um, chance. I don't know how long it's been yeah. since you tried it, but give it a second chance. Yeah. And like, I really like Spotify is where a lot of my music is. And my poor FBI agent, I think, um, is very confused. I don't know what they call it in Australia. Uh, I don't know if it is the FBI, but um, we, we just say the FBI because yeah. I don't I don't think we actually I think the acronym for us is like way too long and complicated. Yeah, and actually, what people tend to get wrong about that is that's technically not the FBI who'd be listening to that. It would be the NSA, um, yeah. the National Security Agency. Thank you, Edward Snowden. Um, and what whether you how you however you feel about Edward Snowden, especially as a journalist, yeah, it's it's very interesting to look at, especially for uh, from a perspective of what I want to do once I graduate from a university. I want to go into a similar field to him. Mm-hmm, I want to do cybersecurity yeah. for people. So yeah. um, I watched a documentary about him my senior year of high school when we were um, studying 1984 by George Orwell. And mm, yeah. it was a very interesting point of view from him. So I uh, starting to do a little bit more research into him. And the more I researched what he did and why he did it, the more I started to like him. Because mm-hmm. he knew the consequences of what he would be doing were dire, but he yeah. thought that for the greater good, people should know that they're being watched. And, and you know, it's a weird thing as a journalist because obviously that is a really important story to tell. But on the other hand, you've also got to look at like the relationships you have with government as well because people often say journalists journalism is the fourth estate you've got you know the three major um, estates and then journalism as a a separate thing uh, and supposed to keep all the other three in balance and so what are the other three estates like government religion and what i think it's the legislator legislature um, oh. the government and then um, the judicial um, oh, okay, system. Okay, okay. Yeah. we call it the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. Executive, government, yep. whatever. Yep. Um, 
But um, so keeping, you know, you've also got to keep that relationship close and fruitful as well, mm-hmm. because a lot, a lot of the time, the facts you get are from them. And if they don't have a good relationship with you or you don't have a good relationship with them, then you're not going to get those facts. You're not going to get access to them like you would. Yeah. To avoid making this political, I'm going to say that we recently got out of a bit of a uh, four-year stint with a certain man who didn't really like the press very much. So being a journalist no, here in the U yeah. here in the US, I can't imagine how difficult that would have been, especially with all that hostility toward you from multiple people. And that it's kind of it's still continuing, but it's just not as mainstream as it was. Um It's interesting because on you know, on some hands there are aspects that I like about um as John Mullaney eloquently puts it, the horse in the hospital. Um, That's how I will refer to him as the horse. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there are some aspects that I enjoy. I enjoyed that he shook things up a little bit because uh, I think that there was a point and not, it's not, it's, I don't mean to bag out on the, uh, on a lot of things, but there was a point where everyone was becoming a little bit complacent and a little bit too relaxed. Um, and I understand why Donald, why the horse became, it came into power. But on the other hand, I feared for, like, if I was a journalist in America, I would be fearing for my life. Um, a lot of I them watch, did. Yeah. And a, a lot, I watched countless Australian journalists get arrested or get pinned down or get shot with rubber bullets, um, especially through a lot of the protestings in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat there and go, these are international journalists who made it very clear that they're journalists. They've got a camera team and everything. And yet the hostility towards them, regardless of what side of the line you were standing on, was terrible. And... Um, I, I made a very bold statement to my grandparents um, when I was living with them. We'd had a couple of discussions about journalism and I said, I will never go and work in the United States. And I reneged that a little bit. Um, but at the same time, like I don't feel safe I doing don't my job there. blame you, um, <laughs> especially in the Southeastern United States. I, mm-hmm. I'm painting with a broad brush here. I know not everybody from the Southeastern US is like this. But the more rural you get in the southern United States, the more likely you are to encounter that hostility. And Mm -hmm. the horse definitely made that worse. It definitely did. Uh, And some would argue he also brought it to light, which means that we can address it more. Yes. Which which is also, you know, there's goods and bads to every situation. Anyway, dragging it all the way out of the politics. Yes. um, it's, It's very interesting because the choices have to make are those like mental you know i'm an adult i've got to think about a little bit further than my childish wants you know sure i'd love to go and live in america america seems like the coolest place imaginable but then as an adult going there's probably not the most sustainable place for me to live i probably want to stay here in australia where my support system is like fully established and fleshed out here sure um and, like, when you made a decision, like, how did you make your decision on going to college? Like, what university institution um, did I, you... I currently go to Kansas State University. Here in the U.S., every state has at least two uh, in-state colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived here my entire life. And yeah. the reason I went here is we have a 
the whole situation with student loan debt here in the U.S., and I wanted to minimize that as yeah, much as possible. 100%. So going to a college in the state where I live helped with that. And also um, there's a certain scholarship that is given through uh, through the uh, United States Defense Department that I want to make uh, take advantage of that this is the only college here in Kansas that would offer yeah. it. Um, I've applied for it twice and gotten rejected both times. So mm-hmm. um, I'll try again next year, but it's just, that's the main reason I went to go is because it's a very, very good scholarship. And yeah. um, even though the field I want to go into is quite lucrative, especially right now with more mm-hmm. and more people putting more of themselves on the internet, um, I still know that regardless of what happens there, unless something drastic happens in that realm, it'll still take me a while to make all that difference up. Have you had points throughout your, like throughout uh, the past few years where you've doubted going into cybersecurity? What convinced me to do it initially was, well, part of it was the scholarship itself because I saw um, all the benefits that came with it because in my school, they pay for books. If I had university housing, they pay for that. And... They would give me a stipend on top of that. So I saw that and I was like, okay, that that's good. Um, but what really drew me to it was uh, someone who actually came to speak to one of my high school classes who does that for a living. And he talked about different kinds of encryption and uh, firewalls and the different kinds of um, the different kinds of things that someone in that field would do. And that's what really got me hooked onto it. I eventually um, interviewed with an internship with him. That didn't end up working out because I was moving here. Um, but he is somebody I could potentially go back to. And having taken some classes related to that, it's just made me like it even more. Though they are difficult, they're fun for me. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody would think of coding as fun, but I do. So yeah. Oh, I, and and to each their own. Like I considered going to something similar, and um, I when I finished high school, I confused the hell out of everyone. I was doing uh maths, physics, and chemistry, but then music and film and television. Um, and uh, I couldn't decide on where I wanted to go, and so by um. And so, like, I looked at doing things like science and cybersecurity, mm-hmm. and I was like, there was just no way that I would enjoy doing that, you know. And obviously, right. you enjoy that, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, what you said you've done some. Let me phrase this one right. You said you've done some com- uh, some classes related to you know cybersecurity where you want to go into. Yes, is that like not how your degree is structured? Like, don't you? Um, so the way I, I'm always confused. The yeah. way college, uh, the way college works here in the U.S. is you do take classes related to your major, but that it doesn't quite shift to more major specific classes until your junior year. Um, mm-hmm. And I was going into my sophomore year last year, so I was taking um, some more of what we call general education classes, something that's um, supposed to help make you more of a well-rounded person. Which mm-hmm. I didn't think that I would enjoy very much, but regardless of whether I thought it pertained to me or not, 
I mm-hmm. still took something away from those. Like I took a yeah. business administration class last semester. Um, wow, yeah. I took an interpersonal communication class last semester. I and some of the other ones I've done, like biology, I didn't really want to do, but I had. Um, though uh, I will say that biology, though the subject matter didn't really teach me a whole, it did teach me a whole lot, but it taught me more about how to study and how to make good habits than anything else. Yeah, I feel like that's what biology does for a lot. Like we do biology in high school, if you want, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it is teaching. Like yes, the content. There's a lot of content to get through, so it teaches the kids how to like have sustainable study habits. Very interesting um, because I did not do biology uh, and I don't think I have the most sustainable study habits. Um, But like, that's really interesting because like when I go into university, I've picked my degree. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a bachelor in communication. Sure. And I've picked my major. I've actually got two majors, journalism and media and ethics. Um, And so uh, I, from day one, am doing communication subjects. So Right. um, and the way that my degree is structured is a fast-paced degree. So, instead of four years, I do three years. So, I started my journalism units straight away as well. Um, so, I'm set to finish in the middle of next year. Sure. Uh, and um, six months earlier than the degree is supposed to finish. So, I'll finish in two and a half years rather than four years. Um, and But, like, it always confuses me because, like, I hear people talk about college and I go... Why are these? They doing these all these general subjects? I'm like, isn't it done at school? You know, maybe we should do. Maybe we should be doing college earlier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand why you're thinking that. I had the same reservations. Like, why am I to help me with, um, with my future career path? But at the same time, what I began to realize is that over time, mm-hmm. there are things that you to learn that may not necessarily pertain to something that would make you more quote-unquote valuable as a person at least in the eyes of employers but there are other things that will make you a better person it's yeah and it's very interesting because i feel like college and university is like the ultimate test of your mental health before you go and are released into the, the real world um and have like no other like i don't know how you describe it like a fallback somehow sure um and i don't know it's been a real test for me at least Mm -hmm. um keeping my mental health at the point that i want it at while keeping my social life and my family life and my university commitments at the same level that i want them at as well and consistently keeping them all together sure you know my mother my mother gave birth a month and a half ago. I can't believe it's been a month and a half. Um, and yes, you know, it happened a month and a half ago. That's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But the effects haven't started until the last two weeks where I went into this really weird mental spiral. Um, I had a university-related mental spiral two weeks beforehand, but I had this really weird mental spiral where I needed... I started getting anxious and stopped doing things. Um, so I get anxious about the podcast, so I just wouldn't edit, um, and then sit there the, you know, the day of release, be frantically editing it. And it's like, I shouldn't be doing this. I really, really shouldn't be. And, you know, it led to me and not just the podcast, it's in places 
um, all around. Um, I've been making sloppy errors at work. I've been making sloppy errors at university. Mm -hmm. Um, I just listened to some of my final grades. And although I am relatively happy with my final grades, I'm not happy in the fact that I knew I could have done better. Um, And that's like mentally draining on me because I know I can do better. And watching myself not do better is kind of terrible. Um, And look, I don't know how it is for you because it's... You know, it's a completely different environment. You've lived a completely different life. Right. But, like, how how do you feel like you've traveled mentally since, like, finishing high school, becoming an adult, and moving out of home or out of your family's homes? It's It's gone up and down. Um, some of my highest highs and lowest lows have been within the past three years. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Uh, about two weeks before my mom told me that they were going to be moving, my girlfriend and I started dating. So that's what I mean. Like, I had that really high high. It's somebody that I connected with and that's a new relationship. So it's a lot of a lot of fun things happening there. But then two weeks yeah. later, I feel like I've been hit by a train because my mom said, you can either come with us or you can stay here. So I was... Making those kinds of choices is not something I would have to do that early. At least I, I didn't think so. But having made those choices yeah, and being able to navigate those sorts of things, I feel like I am better prepared overall than I would have been. Yeah, and I don't know. I've, I'm the eldest of 10 children and um, it's... There's extra pressures. Like, at the moment, my brother is visiting from Alice Springs. He mm-hmm. was on the... Uh, he and I are very similar people, so we, like, rub against each other quite a bit. Sure. But, like, all 12 of us being at home at once was, like, the most amazing feeling ever. Mm-hmm. But then I had to sit down on Sunday, yesterday, yeah, and get through, like, a whole bunch of work that I'd missed because I had spent that really, to me, important time with my family that I haven't had in over six months. Right. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it, I always feel guilty um, saying, I, I'm terrible at saying no, but I always feel guilty um, because I always feel like I'm disappointing someone when I know oftentimes I'm not really disappointing anyone. Right. Um, I'm just disappointing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having to make those hard decisions... I don't know. I've I've really struggled with it. And what you've said today really helped me. I'm glad. Realize that yeah, and, and face those decisions head on. So thank you for sharing. That that was awesome. I'm glad I could and I'm glad I could help you and anyone else who's listening. Uh so finally, um I've got a, one last question for you. Yeah. Um how would you define yourself? You don't have to compare it to anything else. That you are adulting successfully? That's a very hard question. Um, <laughs> currently, I'm adulting successfully because I am... I've begun to understand what my needs are and how to address them. A few months ago, I got on antidepressants for the very first time. Um, some people in my family, for a while, weren't very trusting of medicine when it comes to that. Um, But having talked to some other people who are, I thought that that would be the best decision that I could make for myself. And having been on them for a couple of months, actually it's been about three and a half months at this point. Mm -hmm. um, 
they've really made a world of difference because when I went to, um, actually you can check out my podcast, true stories of a tryhard, wherever you get your podcast, where I actually, uh, with Sam kind of dive into my, um, just beginning journey with, uh, these medications. Um, mm. but to me, they have greatly improved my quality of life. I just feel like I am a more genuinely happy person overall, and I just have more in life to look forward to. But when I initially um, went to go and get them, I was at some of the lowest lows I've ever had. Yeah. But having done that, it is something that I've done for myself successfully. And like I've made all the appointments and... Um, you know, checking in with the people who are uh, helping me with it and scheduling my therapy appointments and all of that stuff. That, to me, is adulting successfully. Taking care of your needs without feeling like others are going to judge you for it because mm-hmm. you know what you need better than anybody else does. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that... Um... Those who, especially people who identify as high functioning or were told they were gifted as children, um, often struggle with is taking themselves. Listeners, I'm, <laughs> listeners, I'm pointing to myself because that's me. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's the same here. I was told I was a gifted child, and so I was expected to do this and you know perform. And then I didn't look after myself and I had to as a as a result I had to go on antidepressant um and I'm just getting off them now and it's been a really rocky ride because um or I didn't realize how much that they've impacted my life Mm -hmm. um and so I'm now having to learn to and judge how I'm living without them and making sure I'm making enough time a day to look after myself Yep, is the most one of the most important things that um, I've ever ever had been told. Not that I've listened to it. Um, I'm not very good at listening. Um, Normally, I don't like listening to myself, even though I have to at least once a week. So yeah, I I think that podcasting is the best way to get used to listening to yourself. Um, yeah, I've been doing it for almost two years, and I I hated it at first, but now it's just a part of my week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming on Content and Capable, Ethan. I really enjoyed having you and listening to your stories. I'm glad I could come and maybe I can come around again. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on the internet? So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can find my podcast, True Stories of a Tryhard, wherever you get your podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts, wherever, um, Wherever you think a podcast might be, it's probably there. Um, mm-hmm. You can find me on uh, Instagram at ethan.t.hulen. That is H-U-L-E-N. You can find me on Twitter at ETPhoneHome. Those are zeros. The E's are threes. Um, yeah. And you can find my, my podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TrueStoriesPod. That's awesome. Um, and has there been any media that you've been consuming that um, you want to plug? Um, actually, yeah. Um. Not most recently, but a f- couple of months ago, I watched all of um, Dimension 20's Fantasy High Arc on Dropout. Um, wow. That is a, um actual play D&D show on uh, College Humor subscription service Dropout. My friend was kind enough to let me use his account. Um, mm-hmm. Austin, if you're listening, thank you. Um, 
Mm. Uh, but I am a dungeon master myself, so um, not only paying attention for the story's sake, but also how I can use that uh, in my own games is something that I really took away from that. And it was just a good time. It's funny. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It's very sweet. Like, all the emotional extremes are met at some point. Um yeah. It's something I would recommend to pretty much anybody who to watch it. Wow. I definitely am going to have to go and for a couple of months be on Dropout. There's a lot of things that I uh, I miss from the OG college humor, humor days. Yeah. Um, uh, and I've definitely got to go and, and see what the risque content is behind that paywall. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I my name's Sam. You can find me on uh, Instagram and TikTok at sam the journalist, um, and on Twitter at sam ob journalist. Uh, and I'm going to plug today Thunder Force on Netflix. Tyler Carlin was talking about it on the WBNE Discord, um, and it reminded me that I watched it a couple months ago. Um, and if you need a laugh and you are sick of watching serious movies, I a hundred percent. Um, go and recommend it. Um, it's got some amazing acting and some good emotional beats, but at the same time, just full on nonsense, which I think is awesome. I do love Octavia Spencer, and I have to give that a watch. Yeah, uh, Octavia Spencer and combined with Melissa McCarthy. Her, her Melissa McCarthy. I love her in Gilmore Girls, so anything she does, I don't think she can it's, have that's a one, fault in her acting. That's one of the shows I have yet to watch. I've it's never seen watch. it. I highly recommend Gilmore Girls. Thank you for listening to Content and Capable. You can follow the podcast socials at Content, the letter N, Capable, on Instagram and Twitter. You can send a super boring email to us through contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. The art was done by Opia. You can follow them on opia underscore art on Instagram. Opia is spelled O-P-I-A. Feel free to message them about making art for your project. Our music was written, recorded, and edited by Nora Strauss-Riggs. You can find Nora at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. I'm proud to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features the restricted section, a chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter pod with lots of spoilers all the time, the Movie Night Crew, join some friends as they react to some terrible, some meh, and some really great movies, of the Eldest Gods, a chapter-by-chapter Rick Riordan pod full of myths and legends, My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of Avatar The Last Airbender, the Cabbage Cart Guy, and Fandom's Gone Wrong, a show that discusses all things fandoms. Hello, you awesome nerds out there. Yes, you. Have I got the podcast for you. We've got pop culture, swearing, and all the immature jokes you could ask for. We'll take you on a journey through TV shows, movies, books, and maybe a video game someday. And we'll tell you how they all went wrong. I'm Charlie. And I'm Carrie. And this is Fandoms Gone Wrong. New episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Content and Capable is a podcast all about answering the question, how do you adult? Don't forget to rate and review it on your favorite podcatcher, and I will see you next Monday for another episode. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. It's on Netflix here in Australia, which means that it probably now won't when be I... here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you all, have, you all have Lord of the Rings on Netflix in Australia. We don't have that here, so...